2: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
1: G'day, guys. Uh, doing well, thanks.
2: H- whereabouts are you? What are your weather and track conditions?
1: Uh, just landed in Switzerland. Was having a travel day today and... Going to post up here for a few days before heading off to China. Ah, awesome! See, okay, okay. So,
2: what what, does that that would suggest? There's something going on in China, isn't there?
1: There is. There is indeed. Yeah.
2: Nice. So, is that official now, Ben, or you? Or you just
0: you still waiting for some news?
1: Uh, Yeah. After the after the result in France, managed to managed to snag my spot in the end. Awesome, oh, brother. C-
2: congratulations. Ben Barclay, uh, a member of our New Zealand Winter Olympic team by the sounds of it. So for context, a second, a silver medal, a, a silver podium spot at the FIS Free Ski Slopestyle World Cup in France. And it sounds like the Olympics has been your, your dream and your goal for a long time, man. And you were just trying to do what it took to qualify. And then this result, for whatever reason, it's just you, you've, you've overexceeded your own expectations. Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the qualification period for the Games was about two years long and took a while of just trying to accumulate points little by little at each event and came down to the last one. So, beyond stoked to be able to do well and qualify.
0: Nice, Ben. Um, so, you obviously had a number in mind. Um, what number did you have to finish to qualify for the Olympics?
1: Uh, it wasn't a set number, there was just. A few people that I needed to try and stay ahead of, and as a whole, it was just to go out there and ski my best.
0: Nice, bro. I mean, your second run, a score of 82.71, uh, you had 11 skiers uh, behind you. Uh, I'm picking there was a couple of those blokes in there who you needed to go past. That must have been pretty nerve wracking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a long wait. Um, wasn't too nerve-wracking at the start because I was pretty convinced that it wasn't going to hold. But then once there was maybe five people left or so, it started getting pretty scary, knowing that there was actually a chance of staying on the podium. So, yeah, it took a while, but was stoked in the end.
2: I reckon get used to it, mate. It's um, it'll become easier and easier the, the more the more you, the more you do it. What do you reckon it was about the mentality of going in here, like having a a clear objective that freed you up to actually get your best ever result? Because there must be a connection, right?
1: Yeah, um, still trying to work that out to be honest. But I think for the most part, it was just managing to focus on the only thing I could control was my skiing, as opposed to thinking about. Everything else going on, and I think that kind of just clicked.
0: Nice, bro. You um, you went to the Youth Olympics in 2020. You finished 15th and 16th. Um, in that period between now and then, uh, now uh, then and now, um, what do you think's changed in the way you're skiing, or like you say, in the approach you take to each run?
1: Uh yeah. After that event, was definitely wanting some redemption. That wasn't the result I was looking for, and just had a lot of time training and a lot of different events to gain some experience between then and now.
2: What's your um what's your support network like when you're away from home Ben because we we spoke to high performance manager and CEO of Snow Sports NZ last week and and the the kind of upscaling of New Zealand's program in general and, and having to support all of you young athletes and and there's a real kind of golden period coming through so what sort of support network are you working with away from home and are you in touch with high performance uh snow sport high performance and and that sort of thing back here
1: yeah absolutely it's it's a very tight network overseas in person uh but the support network is huge back home with everyone just virtually helping out and sorting out all the logistics behind the scenes so it's a big job that goes into it but there's heaps of very helpful people that make my life a bit easier.
2: Makes sense, mate, and I think that's the best way to go, especially when you're that far away from home. So Olympics now, off to China, you obviously don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but is there something in you that says you know, you've know you got momentum and you're trending in the right place?
1: Um, I'd definitely like to think so, um, or hope so. So we we'll are definitely going in there giving 110% effort and, see what happens.
0: And is there, is there anyone who wasn't at the World Cup event who who you've got your eye on chasing down? I mean, there's obviously be uh, be great honour, obviously, to back this up and get an Olympic gold medal. Or, or silver? We're going gold, mate. We're, we're going to pump it up one more. We're going to pump it up one more.
1: Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, no one really that I got my eye on in particular. More just my personal goals to... So ski the best that I can and everything else will fall into place
2: Awesome man, that's really exciting great news and congratulations, so a bit of time in Switzerland then off to China, it's crazy it's crazy to say that, I must. you must still be pinching yourself a bit but um, probably been a whirlwind but appreciate you taking the call for us
1: Cheers guys
2: There you go, Ben Barkley he's 19, and he's off to the Olympics in the slope style skiing it Doesn't even sound like it's sunken eh? Flatline, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, I think I think after a day travelling, he's probably a He'll cooked. Coming yeah. down the adrenaline, the serotonin, all trying to balance out. Man, nineteen and just achieving, kicking goals and achieving goals. Oh, I just love it that he he obviously identified that the the
0: Youth Olympics he didn't do as well as he wanted. Um, he's obviously spent the last couple of years just trying to rectify that. And um, what a performance, man! Um, it just shows under pressure. Um, you obviously had what it take took, and that's nice knowing that even if he does end up with an early run um, coming into the Olympics at some point, that um you know when pressure's on, there's a few guys behind him that might just choke and fold there, Louis. So, well, look, I
2: don't want to, yeah, I don't want to put the mockers on him, but I think it. You know, there's something to be said for qualifying late and just coming through with a short run-up, rather than knowing you're going to the Olympics and you're going to be in the middle contention for four, five, you know, for for years and years, mm. and knowing that that's where you should be. Where Ben's kind of had like a c'est la vie, let's go. You know, let's just try and let's put all my eggs in this basket. Let's go to France. Let's qualify. Let's roll to the Olympics and not even think about it. And like that kind of just go with the momentum when it pushes you. I reckon there's something to that uh, I think definitely bang on because he's had to peak now, um and it's only one month
0: out. You're only one month away from competing in the Olympics, so not um, a lot of time to overthink lot... it and nah, like you say, if you would already qualified early doors um you kind of just cruise, you're probably trying to peak for one month's time um now, but he'll just be able to carry that momentum on he sounds sounds like and we watched watched a run um yesterday and then we watched it, rewatched it again this morning, and he was pretty flawless. Oh, it's pretty impressive stuff.
2: Weird thought, but I reckon I said to you, you know how they come and switch? I think that's what you call it when, so they they do the... (laughs) This is a weird thought. Yeah, so (laughs) they do the jump and then they kind of come out backwards Hmm. and they've got their head craned right around because they kind of have to line up the next... I reckon they would be really good at reversing down driveways. <laughs> yeah, they would be, I guess, with an old car. Yeah, yeah most, You don't do you use a camera. Car? Look, you're still old school,
0: though. You just crane that neck around. Old school. I'm don't a, I'm a regular Kiwi, mate. Uh, I know you, you're a bit
2: higher than me, but not everyone has cameras in their car. Uh, you and your scooter. I'm in your bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a camera on that. <laughs> mate, not everyone's, got a, uh, not everyone's driving that, that IPL wagon around. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, I guess he probably
0: would be. He's only 19. You never know. He might not even have his licence. Because these days, they don't get their licence
2: early. Like a, mate, he should be a truckie when he's done. They, <laughs> a truckie? They, that, <laughs> that, the way that that reversing style yeah, as a coming and switch, that was just the first thing I thought, which is a very strange observation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a strange observation. No, well, actually, the first thought was that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And every time, it doesn't really wear off. I know... Um, I know you've never touched the snow and I'm not exactly a, a snow uh, junkie. So people might be a bit more accustomed to watching these guys and girls, you know, what Nico and Zoe and mm. Margo and, and Alice, they all do. I, there's something about it that's just mesmerizing. I think it's the pace. I think it's the adrenaline. And, and as I say, nothing spun me out more And it's kind of a little bit different on slope style, but it's still steep. Nothing spun me out more when I went to Cadrona and I saw the high-performance pipe that they were working on. Oh, yeah. And how steep it is. It looks on TV like it's flat because that's the easiest way to watch it. Yeah. But for them to have the the, uh, momentum and be able to get to the speeds they need to actually get off the ground and flip three times and righty-rah, it is, I don't know the exact angle, but it's seriously like it's... um, Oh, really? It's not Baldwin Street, but it's... Yeah, you know, it's definitely college chill. Oh yeah. So, yeah,
0: well, I guess I guess the crazy thing about sports like this is they just keep on taking it even further every time. And it's one of those sports that's just evolving so quickly, so um it's exciting to watch. Um I'm
2: actually fizzed up for this Olympics, mate. Great call on that because I remember we spoke to Nico Portius last year. Yeah. Baz and me and he said, said what well, you got anything that you're cooking up? And he goes, "Yeah, but I can't tell you." Yeah. And I'm Like, "What? Come on, mate." Like, he's like, <laughs> "Nah." Because if some somehow somebody else gets wind of it, they yeah. know exactly where I am on my, like, card sleeves, boys. Yeah, true. So there's a real, like, and that's what I mean, there's a real high-performance edge to it. And it, not that there hasn't been, but this is, like, proper high-level sport where there's tactics, there's mind games, there's all of it. So Ben just coming in, qualifying late, on, punching his ticket, going to head there, clear mind, Let's just do it. Oh, it's great for uh, snow sports
0: NZ as well because obviously you get Olympic athlete there, someone who's in form. If you can pick up a high high position, it's going to give them more funding. It's just going to make that support network that he spoke about even stronger in the future, and the team can get bigger and stronger. Um, you know, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to compete like on the world stage with the facilities we've got in New
2: Zealand. So Remember when we spoke to high performance snow sport, oh, the uh, oh, name escapes me, Nick. Nick, oh, it, was, it was Nick, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry, it's poor for me. Name escapes me. But he said that they, this might be the one of their smaller teams, mm. but the prob- best chance, ironically hey? would yeah. be expecting the best ever haul. I don't know if he would have been accounting for Ben. Hard to know, but you've got an extra one now by the sounds of it. Um, sounds like we might have had a bit of breaking news here as well. I mean, yeah. it's going to China. I assume Man you're could. not going to China just to watch and carry the bottles. <laughs> of you. So, yeah, exciting stuff. That's so exciting, bro. 800 awesome. double eight, double three. Please, snow sport fans and more, you don't have to be an expert, but people that care about snow sports and understand it a wee bit, can you put in perspective how big this sport is going and how well our uh, under-20s, under-25s are going? especially Alice Robinson, if you're into your skiing, um, you yeah, Super G, give us a call or send us a message. I think it's kind of hard to grasp what these guys are achieving just because it's probably a little bit of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind sport. It's not necessarily right there every single day, but it is at the moment heading into the Olympics. So we want to get better at it. Send us a text, double eight double three 0800 150 a The Kennards Higher phone line is there. I tell you what one of the most important things is with Karaka Million Week the barrier draw. These two-year-olds, these three-year-olds, but these two-year-olds in particular at Ellerslie, when they haven't been there, some of them have never been there, they can get lost. The barrier draw, all important. Last year on the bubbles way too good from the outside draw. Parksey moving him forward. Who knows what will happen this time around. 11am tomorrow, Smithy, Mick, myself, We're going to have the live and exclusive barrier draw information here on ECNZ. Tell your punting mates. Make sure they are ready and dialed all the way in. Mitch, an interesting revelation out of Australia from Ufuk Tele. The Wellington Phoenix haven't played a game from since, I think, their FFA game on the 6th where they won on penalties against uh, Melbourne City. Yeah. That's nearly coming up two weeks, or it is two weeks even, longer They've had 19 players test positive to COVID-19. Last week, Ufuk Tale said that he was actually running training sessions for five boys. We had the five boys that didn't have it. They were training through last week. And now we've had dribs and drabs of players coming out of isolation into training. We've had to modify what they were doing in sessions because we've never lived through this previously. And we don't know what will happen when they come back from COVID. So we're mindful of trying to build them back up again. This is crazy when you think about our different the Aussie landscapers to New Zealand at the moment. I was saying this when the Big Bash was going through all of their changes and we didn't really know what was going to happen, but 19 people from the Phoenix organisation. Mate, that's, that's unbelievable.
0: You, you feel like you just stuff the other five blokes in a room with them and, and just say, OK, we'll
2: just take a couple of weeks off, fellas. Well, they haven't played in so long. I think they're way out of rhythm. I don't know. They're, they've had two matches postponed now. I think they've got a game, but it's not scheduled for another at least five or so days uh, to the, back into this weekend off the top of my head. So, yeah. Surely that's going to get moved as well. That's crazy. 19
0: players. <laughs> it's pretty much the whole squad, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Like, what do
2: they do? Where do they go? Like, uh, like how many games can they miss? Well, this is the question, right? And and when we spoke about with Tony Kemp on Thursday last week, and you can go back and listen to the podcast on the Baz and Izzy for Breakfast podcast channel, what the NRL is going to have to do. And, you know, is there any sort of, you know, there was some murmurings that maybe like a modified bubble, a modified kind of, um, you know, everybody goes to one place or one state is going to have to happen again. Or you just run the comp. And it's the deepest NRL competition and the weakest NRL competition because, say, the Warriors yeah. or the Titans or... Uh, so they have their second-grade teams. So yeah. they are playing the Melbourne Storm who, have their, who haven't who have been struck down as bad and you're going to see yeah. 65-nil games, you know? like the, These Australian competitions, so I don't know if you're hearing anything out of the Big Bash at the moment. I, I mean, I know munner has got COVID. Is he back playing yet? Yeah, he's returned to training. I don't know if he played
0: last night. I know the scorches played last night. I can double check on that. Um, but yeah, that's that's crazy. I, it's the NRL. If <laughs> if they can if the A League can't control their players, how is the NRL going to control their boys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <that's> fair <laughs> point. Well, actually, the only positive thing is that they're probably not in competition at the minute. So most of the lads have probably just sent it, already caught it. Um, it'll be good to go by the start of the comp. Oh, well, that's it takes- not
2: something to joke about. But far out, like, there's no way you're going to keep those boys indoors. All it takes is a couple, and and I think um, what you've seen in Australia is that I know they have brought back some restrictions, especially in Sydney, but it's really pretty fast and loose over there. So it's a just like our prime minister here saying it's going to be in the community at some stage. I think the bosses of um. NRL are pretty resigned to the fact that it would be, it'd be nigh on impossible to avoid it. How do you mitigate it? Kempi was saying, put them back in a bubble. This isn't about this year, it's about five years, ten years. It's about yeah. preserving the integrity of the competition and how we reflect on it, which I thought was interesting. I think just from what we're seeing, they're just going to forge on. And I reckon if you're a first-grade player around or a top club player around Sydney or Brizzy or New Zealand, mm. get there, get, over get there. in the best shape of your life and yeah. you will be playing in RL Rugby League. Yeah
0: true yeah true and and the, when it comes to the contracting as well it's, there's going to be some people who are going to get opportunities bro. you're right um, a lot of guys as well um, in this, this kind of situation where they probably can't train as much as they'd like um, are probably like you say not going to turn up fit and so these people who have got the drive, the hunger second grade footies, youngsters coming
2: up um, huge opportunity for them to take advantage of this year Speaking of Australia and sport, one thing mm. that we don't have too much information on so we can't really give – unfortunately, we're, we're not being overly insightful here, but we were speaking about a lot last week, Mitch, was this Black Caps ODI tour to Australia with the T20 tacked on. I just asked you this morning, do you, can you remember off the top of your head when it is? It's the 30th of January. What we have is nada as far as a squad or as far as travel plans. Yeah, Sunday week, eh? Sunday week. And I, th- I think um, – I'm pretty sure New Zealand cricket would have been waiting. And yesterday we didn't actually hear from the government on any sort of COVID plans. I think Thursday's when we'll get that information. I think they're trying to get as much information as they can. If they're getting it behind closed doors, it's hard to know. I don't know what sort of communication the sports minister, Grant Robertson, is in with NZC. You'd hope that they are getting some sort of information. But The longer this goes on where we don't hear from New Zealand cricket or have a team or, or we can ask Cam Fletcher if he's had any murmurings does it make you feel like this? There's a chance that this tour might not actually go ahead. I reckon it feels to me like
0: there's a strong chance. I can't remember a team not having been named this far out, and I, I don't know if that's look, look. I don't know if it's the fact that there might be some débutants um, going on this tour, and which I mean, there's highly likely that it's going to be numerous. But do they not want to name the team? before they know whether it's exit they're going to be able to get back um, what their travel plan plans are going to be um, just so they don't put people through that I, I don't know what, what's your take on it do you think they're just holding back until they know it's 100% definite or like wouldn't it be great to, for some of these young guys to know that they're they're the next next cabs off the rank even if the tour didn't
2: go ahead? Um, interesting I hadn't thought about it like that. I mean my gut is that they just don't know how many people they can take. Yeah, you I, reckon I they'll take a bigger squad? Well, I think they would like to because yeah. everything we've just seen, you probably – there's, there's a good chance you're going to have close contacts or you just look yeah. at what happened in the Ashes. I mean, that, that bubble was probably – you'd have yeah. to assume so – they were So you're thinking they might have to take 20-man squad? It, potentially, but what I'm wondering is do they know how many EMRQ spots they've got, how many did they have allocated? Because remember this tour, the, the whole – I'm pretty sure this tour was um, meant to be played under – you know, when we thought that you'd be able to travel from... Yeah. Remember when people thought that family members would be able to come back so from the Australia? So the same thing, same issue we had with the Sevens team, like just wasn't able to book... I, I don't know, and and maybe they're trying to pull strings behind closed doors. Maybe that's why we kind of haven't heard too much about it because they simply don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll try and find out. And, and this isn't... Let me be very, very clear. This is not New Zealand cricket keeping anything from us. No way is that what I think. I don't think New Zealand cricket's up to anything yet. Not, that's not where I'm going with this. No, no, I just think it's just a tough, tough time, isn't it? Incredibly tough time. Should you name a squad? Is that fair? I don't think you can because I don't think you know how many players. I, my, mm. I wonder if you know mm. how many players And then the implications. Take? If they have
0: to take 20 to cover it, then what does that do to domestic cricket? Yeah, that's it. So I think the more you think about it, the more you realise this is a pretty... Um... Oh, exactly. What would what would Auckland cricket do? Because they've just played an under-20s team, under-23 team as their A team. Um, so they don't even know what their next next guys off the ranks are because they're playing a bunch of under-23-year-olds in their second-tier comp when maybe five, six, seven
2: Auckland guys get picked potentially Ramf- um, if it's a big squad. So, Ramifications are huge here. Uh, I don't... Correct me if I'm wrong, Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. if you've got your ear to the ground on this stuff. Give us a call in the Kennards here higher phone line. I mean we don't want speculation, but have New Zealand cricket said something that I've missed here? I don't think so. I think they're waiting and I think we're all kind of holding our breath. Imagine Thursday, if the traffic light system gets ripped down on Thursday for a Friday midnight <laughs> some sort of revamp Don't do that to me so, oh. The Black Clash, Cracker 1000000 <laughs> I think we're all kind of holding our breath at the moment More cricket after this We're going to talk Ashes and a bit of IPL with Mitch McLean and Louis Herman Watt Stay with us here on SCNZ Summer Breakfast Cam Fletcher from the Canterbury Kings He's got a super smash game tonight against the Auckland Aces They find themselves in a strong position, the Kings and it's probably due to a, some good form for a lot of key players including this man He's joined us now on the line Morning to you, Cam, how you doing?
3: Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for
2: having me on. N- nice strong coffee. <laughs>
3: yeah, I've double shots in there and ready to go.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful, brother. Hey, mate you you must be you must be pretty stoked with how you've come along, particularly I guess the last couple of years. For those people who don't watch too much domestic cricket, I, I think um, the way your game has improved and evolved um, has been absolutely outstanding, mate. Um, from and if you don't mind me saying, when you first moved down to Canterbury, from a guy who couldn't hit the ball off the square to doing what you're doing now, mate, you're, you're leading the stats and the sixes in the T20 competition. Um, you must be stoked with how things have come along.
3: Yeah, I think yeah, Colin, before you're not wrong. Um, <laughs>
1: I guess it's been a it's
3: been a long journey to um, a few um, weights in the gym and things like that, trying to trying to do everything that could help. But um. Yeah, I guess the last couple of years have been good fun. I'm not sure whether that's just I guess getting a bit more experience and um and understanding my role a lot better. I guess I've I've been fortunate enough that um Peter Fulton's come on board as our head coach and um he's just a uh, he's a very clear coach, very simple coach, um keeps the messages um nice and easy and I think that that's worked well for me. Um so it's it's always hard to say around certain skills and things like that. Um Maybe, you know, you've worked on your game, maybe they're always there, but you just have to find them. Um, but, yeah, the last couple of years have been <laughs> pretty enjoyable.
2: Yeah, well, always it's always easier to like something if you're doing well at it, isn't it, Cam? What, interesting you mentioned um, Pete there, and is there something about the way he communicates with you? And have you realised that there's something within you as an athlete that connects with a coach if they do communicate a specific way?
3: Yeah I mean I think for faults, it's definitely a less is more um, kind of communication. He, he played the game obviously himself at the highest level. Um, he's been coaching for a little while now. He captained a lot for Canterbury. Um, I think he just he understands well from his perspective anyway what to how to get the best out of players and I guess from batsmen as well knowing that it's a I mean, a pretty tough game at times when you know one second you have a good game and you have a you have a rough game and just trying to keep that level head um, about the way you're playing and to know that I guess your job every time you go out there is to to perform your role um, and to contribute towards the team um, but but being realistic that that's not going to happen every game and he communicates that really well and I think that works with me.
0: A really good point you touched on there. You talk about um, a coach telling you that that's not going to happen all the time. It's not going to work all the time. And and I guess in the past, you probably would have put a lot of pressure on yourself to go and win. You know it's a performance-based game um, to go out and perform every game. Hearing that message and seeing your strike rate even increase this year, you're striking it over 150, mate, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, that must just make the game so much easier. Is there anything in particular um, outside of just um, keeping it simple that he said to you that's really like turned you up a gear?
3: I mean, he said it out pretty early for me, um, probably... When he just came into the role to say, "Look all I, I, what I want from you is to um, do whatevers required in that particular ball, so say it's t20 cricket at the moment um he just he just said quite simply to me that you know if you need to go out there and hit a six first ball that's what you need to do and i'm not going I'm not going to um, judge you in any way if that doesn't come off um, but if that's what's required to win us the game, um, well then I back you to do it." Um, and that was probably something to me that I guess resonated to go well. In the past, sometimes you like coaches are like, "Oh, you know, we want you to go out there and hit it," but but don't get out. You know, if you get out <laughs> then you know, that's not what we want. So, and it's and although the I think most people are pretty realistic that when especially in T Twenty cricket and you're in the middle order, you're going to go out there and play shots, and it's not always going to come off. Sometimes you just need to hear that message, and and it um gives you that confidence.
0: Cam, I think your your name's definitely in the frame um, for high honours. Um, we were talking earlier in the week that I, I thought you would be the next cab off the rank to play test cricket um, purely because of your glove work um, and your tenacity, your ability to just knuckle down. Uh, but has there been anything spoken about you potentially being on this tour to Australia if it goes ahead?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, you always hear rumours here or there, but, yeah, nothing. I haven't heard anything, Um officially about anything um, but yeah it's it's one of those things that uh, I guess yeah when there is chat about things you kind of start going oh you never know um, but I guess for me it's just keeping my game simple is what I've tried to do the last couple of years try and win games or contribute to games as much as I can for Canterbury and understand my role and, and try and be leader within the Canterbury group um, and then just if things like that happen then they happen.
2: So not trying to get too far ahead of yourself and that obviously helps as far as clarity on the field as you've been saying. Um, just being down on the mainland in the 03 03- you love it, eh? you Can you just list the best three things about Canterbury and the worst three things about Auckland? Just put them next to next. You to know the you're talking to an Aucklander, yeah. As well, but eh? yeah, but I reckon he's mate. You think about it. Change your environment, change your results. And um, I reckon. What are you reckon, Cam? Is you, you enjoying your time down there in the 0-3 Yeah, I mean,
3: oh, it's, it's tough to put a, a nail on on three things, but I mean. Um, I guess to me, Christchurch is definitely nowhere near as busy. Um, you know, like there's not quite as much going on compared to Auckland. I mean, there's still plenty. Is that going a good or a just, bad thing, Kim? I think it's a good thing. I mean, everything, I guess it aligns with that simplicity style. Um, is that, you know, it's easy to get around. You can go from, you know, one side town to the other. You can catch up with your mates and things. It's all, nothing's too complicated. Um, And yeah, there's I guess there's plenty of things to do, but also the lifestyle's um, probably a a fraction more realistic down here as well. Sing it to me, Cam. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Louis's
3: just here. He's just got the biggest grin on his face. This is
2: our next tourism minister right here. (laughs) You wonder why there's been so many um, black caps from Canterbury, Mitch. This is it. It's the lifestyle. (laughs) <laughs> not, not the flat wickets <laughs> that too <laughs> big boundaries flat wickets yeah the old jokes aside though for whatever it is it's going on going really really well for you um where can you see this canterbury side making it this year let's go back to what your your feet uh well, i guess right the here and now another game tonight a couple more games and hopefully right there in a spot to make one of these qualifiers or even somehow snap that top spot Are you happy where with the lads are at and how the team's tra- trending
3: yeah, our group, you know, the last the last couple of years especially, but the, um, the last few years we've worked extremely hard on T20 cricket. Um, I don't think Canterbury's, I think maybe the inaugural T20, um, I think we got over the line, but since then I think uh, Canterbury haven't won a T20 competition so that's been something that's been important to us and, and our white ball game in general to keep developing. Um, but this year we've I mean, we've got we've got some guys that have you know done a number of years, I guess, at this level, trying to find defeat, and we're beginning to do that more and more. And we're, I guess, fortunate um, in a game like tonight. We've got a few of the Black Caps back who've who have gone up to that next level and have performed extremely well um, across all formats. Um, So to have those kind of guys back amongst the group, it's just pushing our group um, further forward and forward all the time. And we've also got a few fresh faces, um, coming in below as well, coming out of the youth cricket that are, is, is looking really good.
0: Yeah, nice. Big inclusion in Daryl Mitchell back tonight, uh, for you guys. Uh, I guess, uh, he's only been down there a year, but what impact has he made to Canterbury Cricket?
3: Yeah, Daryl's made a massive impact. I mean, I guess you can, you can see in the way he plays when he goes up to the next level that he, he brings a bit of energy about him, um. You know, he he looks to he looks to try and dominate um, in the way he plays with with the bat. You know, like taking a couple of steps down the crease, just asserting his presence to the game. Um, and he's also can control that, that middle order of, um, in our batting unit, you know, to even top to middle order, depending on where he comes in um, with the bat and with the ball. You know, he just he's just one of those guys. He's a little bit niggly when you're batting. Um, um, has a couple of words here and there and he just gets a little bit more energy amongst the group um, when we're fielding, and and that always helps.
0: And um, one last thing before I let you go. Um, People viewing in today will will see the size of your biceps, Um, I'm sure (laughs) I'm going to draw attention to that. Um, Just so they know it's not all show and there's a bit of go, Uh, what's what's your bench press, what's your squat, what's your deadlift?
3: Uh, (laughs) My current bench press is 130, Hey, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get it up a bit good. more, but that's obviously, good, cricket, yeah, yeah. with cricket, um, I guess it doesn't always allow for a lot of gym training in the season um, and just the heavy load of playing more cricket. Um,
0: and your squat and squat your deadlift?
3: Yes, yeah, so I do a couple of. We often box squat at the moment, so that's part of our, um, our program, so it's not a full range squat, but. Um, I did testing the other day. I think I did a 240 box squat. Um, Louis' eyes have just gone up.
2: Yep. Change your environment, (laughs) change your results. (laughs) (laughs) And the old deadlift, mate?
3: A deadlift. um, Last time I did a a conventional deadlift, I did a 190 deadlift. um, And then we do the trap bars as well in our testing, and I'm about around the 220. So, Yeah. There you go. That's so not city.
0: not all shows. So, <laughs> yeah, so a- but uh, let, I will just say Cam does have one of the tightest shirts going around in domestic cricket. Good. So good. Yeah, good rig, yeah, good G- rig, good, good player,
2: and that's what it's all about. Really, Louis loves it. yeah, because day. you're
0: from Can or you moved to Canterbury. You
2: might be scoring runs, but you know how big's your chest. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, and it's just good to so good of you to point out Daryl Mitchell, just did another great can tab just out. Oh, turn <laughs> it up. there yeah. yeah. scoring runs. Cam, awesome to catch up, man. Good luck. Tonight, a um, bit of a grudge match. Actually, I've just realised, Mitch. will it'll be a somber mood for one of us in the studio t- tomorrow <laughs> morning. But um, appreciate it, man, and go well.
3: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. All the best. No Cheers, worries. Cam.
0: What a ripper. What a good dude. Uh, legend of a fella, mate. Legend of a fella. And um, I just, just such a great story. He will get a chance to play for New Zealand soon, hopefully at some point. Um, but that this guy works harder than I would say ninety-five percent. Maybe 98% of all the cricketers going around domestic cricket. Um, So, any reward he gets going forward um, is thoroughly deserved. He's an incredibly tough worker.
2: Well, you know, he's almost fitting that mould of what we've been seeing with New Zealand cricket for the last five, six years, where he's coming up 29. Hmm. He's really put in work domestically. Yeah. No, haven't rushed him through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you wouldn't even know what would happen if they did, but. The, all we can say is the results at the moment are speaking for themselves. I mean, go check out his ESPN cricket for you can look back through his career. It is definitely trending in the in the right direction. And um, if he does make that if he does make that Black Caps environment at some stage, you can just hear it in his voice he's not going to be overawed. He just seems like a pretty feet on the ground, cool, calm dude. Uh, and he's just gonna he's just gonna work hard.
0: Uh, I'm sure. Um, Hopefully, he succeeds straight away. But if he doesn't, um, I know that he'll try and fix and rectify and won't get overawed because I, I think he does understand that hard work gets you places. Um, and these are the kind of guys I look out for, Louis. Like I, I'm not big, I'm not big on, and I've seen it so much throughout my career. Guys who are, who are really great young. There's only a few guys who get past that early twenties phase. It's the guys I, I look for. The guys who weren't super successful. Like younger cricket, but have shown that dedication, that tenacity, that drive to like prove people wrong, and those are the people I look for, like in hyper like for cricketers going forward, because those are the guys who I know know how to deal with pressure, know how to deal with adversity. And those are the those are the types of people that I would build a team around, uh, rather than the flasher, <laughs> yeah. the, the Mister
2: Cricket. Yeah, it's the you know It like, is mate. It's Stephen Fleming. Flemo was banging on about this during the second test. Yeah. it's When it, when Devin, we keep saying, Devin Conway, run machine, run machine, run mm. machine. And Flim just t- kept saying, he just reminds me of Mike Hussey. Yeah. He just took his time to find out who he was. He had to graft. He had to work. He had to learn who he was. Yep. And he's so assured when he's at the crease now. And when we spoke to Devin, he was kind of speaking and talking about that, like um, every ball as it comes, you know, just.
0: But they're also the people who can solve problems by themselves because they've never, like, being in the system or being supported or touted as the next big thing. They've always had to do a majority of their own stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, And so they know how to solve their own problems as opposed to being the guys who have been given every – spoon fed, mate. It's a real big problem in all sports, in all big sports, just from that mental side. So um, those are the guys I like watching. Those are the guys who I think make good long-term cricketers. Um, That's just my personal opinion. Obviously, you get the superstar who comes through and – you know, goes through adversity, comes back, and, and learns that at a different point in their life. But I like those guys who have had to fight and struggle. Um, I think they just make better cricketers and better better team players, team performers, um, long term, more yeah. consistent.
2: You know, and there's a there's an argument, and there'll be lots of people in their car now, uh, 19 minutes past eight. They'll be thinking of, they'll be listening to that, and they'll be thinking, do you know what? I think about the people in my life. A lot of the time, the good people and people that you really want to spend a lot of time with are people that haven't had it super easy. And Mm. at one stage, via a circumstance or another, have had to really dig in and and problem solve for themselves. Yeah. And it's kind of a metaphor for life, but I can see exactly what you're saying in cricket terms. I can see exactly what you mean there, Mitch. Nice stuff. 20 minutes past eight, Cam Fletcher. If you missed that chat with Cam Fletcher, I'd recommend you going and hearing our future tourism minister speaking to Mitch and myself. (laughs) Turn it up, bro. I will. When's the ads coming? (laughs) Come on, Joe, let's just roll the ads. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. One of the great days out, you'd have to say, Zara Jetley, uh, Wellington Blaze Spinner, is on the line with us now. Morning, Zara, how you doing?
4: Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Did, was that cool to hear that sumo call in that wicket back again? Have, have you watched your highlights a couple of times? Uh, of course
4: I've watched the highlights. Yeah, no, it's been crazy. <laughs> I, saw, I actually hadn't quite processed it as... As I got the 4 for 1 and had been interviewed, it just hadn't hit me. Um, and it wasn't until I think Lance, my coach, had turned to me and goes, You know, you did break the record. And I was like, Oh, what? Oh, but yeah, no, it's awesome.
0: Absolutely outstanding. Um, it seems like a common theme between uh, obviously the Blaze and the Firebirds. Uh, it, you and Michael Bracewell might just need to do a, a viewing session um, of both your performances, both record breaking, outstanding. Well done. Thank you. Um, I guess the thing, I, I think I commentated your debut a couple of years ago. Um, and what I've seen in the last couple of years from, from then and now is a really good change in uh, pace, um, good variation, uh, a lot more control. Um, who's been helping you with that, Zara?
4: Um, yeah, it's, I think Ivan Tessera was our head coach last season. Um, and he was fantastic in the sense that he did teach me how to vary my pace. Um, and I guess it does depend on the batsman that you're facing as well. And I think Lance only just helped me a little bit more. Um, and I guess also that drift in the air, that movement. I'm still um, working on really trying to get it to turn on the pitch. But I think that's just going to come over time um, with a stronger technique.
0: Yeah, well, if you can get it to move in the air, that's, that's all part of it, isn't it? But um, oh, geez, it must be so so nice to, to bowl with Amelia Kerr at the other end.
4: Yes, yeah, um, it's very lucky to be surrounded by first-class players such as uh, Amelie Kerr and Sophie Devine, um, not only to watch them and be able to pick their brains, but um, I guess having an awesome friendship with them always helps too. So, yeah, it's really, really lucky to um, be surrounded by amazing players. Um, and yeah,
2: Are you and Amelie sharing spinning, no- spinning notes? Because of the, the, the dual spin attack, it's pretty lethal.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think it's uh, me and Lee, Casbrick and Amelia always um, talk about us as the, the trio. Um, and I think we always come together and it always seems to go our way, which is always, which always comes, comes quite nicely for us. It's always a good feeling walking off the pitch together. So, yeah.
0: So Lee obviously usually takes like uh, the newer ball. Um, is that something you want to do in the future?
4: Yes, for sure. Um, I did get the opportunity to open at the start of the season, which was awesome. Um, and that was a really, really cool experience. And um, I do hope that maybe leading on to next season, that that would be the same again. But then again, Lee Kasperick is a phenomenal um, spinner and just has the smarts of the game. And um, again, it's just a waiting game for me. Um, and hopefully over time, I'll be able to take control of the new ball.
2: Yeah, she's wily, isn't she, Lee? She's very, very handy. I I guess you wouldn't want to be trying to change too much right now if you were (laughs) the the, the Brains Trust at Wellington players. Eight from eight, net run rate of 2.69, 32 points. So you're clear of the sparks with a game in hand. Can you put it down to anything?
4: Um, uh, Well... Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I mean, hopefully we can continue with that momentum and into the grand final, maybe elimination final. Um, we have a game coming up against Auckland Hearts, so hopefully that goes our way. Um, but yeah, we, I guess it's just, it all comes back to every individual. They've been just performing at a standard that's expected of them, and it, it's just been awesome um, that everyone is contributing in some awesome way, so it's great.
0: Yeah, Zara. Yeah, standard. That's expected of them. That seems to be a common statement that's coming out of the Wellington setup at the moment, from both men's and women's. What a great organisation to be part of at the moment. Uh, I guess growing up, uh, who were the people that you looked to as like uh, mentors, or or even someone you just aspired to be like? Um, uh, When I was, I was uh,
4: thirteen. 13-year-old when I played, and Sophie Devine was just amazing then, Um, and I've always dreamed of playing with her, and three years later, I got called into the Blaze at 16, and I remember her standing there, and I was just kind of like shaking, like, oh my gosh. Um, She's just amazing, um, Sophie, just a first-class player, and amazing the BBL, always in form, and um, it's always great to see, and I guess the other is Amelia Kerr having played in representative cricket with her, Um, and uh, it's just awesome. Um, knowing that now I can call them teammates and friends.
0: But are you still you're still a fan? You got their signatures.
4: <laughs> um. Uh. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sophie's yeah, Sophie's great. No. I mean, uh, I think I don't have, I don't think I have merely all Sophie's signature, which is surprising. I never ever got to it, but um, I know all my friends do, so that's cool. Yeah.
0: Well, you've got to get a bat from Sophie as well. That's, that's one of the things. Those players, they get a lot of bats, so you get yeah, you get a yeah, sign sure. on, on
2: the back. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, Zara. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's so refreshing and it's so cool to hear ha- how you have been real life impacted by a, a woman role model like Sophie Devine and even Meely that you've been able to watch them and then go and do it yourself and your own professional cricketing path is you know on its way it's pretty cool stuff that's um that's what we, that's what it's all about really so congratulations and getting to rub shoulders it's you must be pinching yourself each and every day but the the figures four for one I mean they're, they're going to go down in folklore I think mate so well done and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from you in the future
4: awesome thank you so much
2: no worries breath of fresh air
0: so lovely
2: awesome